This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. No, it is indeed. There we go. I'm not used to being in studio, Maddie. Twice this week. So um, I'm not used to turning off and on my microphone. <laughs> That's how sloppy I've become. My old age and my senior years here, Maddie. Yeah, you've been here a long time. We talked about Off and that. on a long time. Started 94, fired, came back, walked out. That didn't go over well. And then came back. Was Nelson the program director at that point? He was. And <laughs> so the, the, the joke always was that the, the first time he fired me, the second time I walked out on him. And so in my mind, I don't know about his, we were even. <laughs> I, I don't think Nelson thought you were even. I'm not going to lie. I don't think managers think that way. <laughs> but in my mind, we were even. Yeah. You know how, you know how old I was when you started? Do you I want? started in 90, I can't remember. Is it other 94, 95? Yeah. How old were you? I was five. But I've got a lot of gray hair now, so I guess I'm. I guess we're even. I'm gonna go home and have a nap. Those aren't gray hairs. You know what Deb Bourbon calls them? Wisdom hairs, right? Wisdom hairs. Yeah. yeah. Those aren't. Those aren't gray. Hairs. Nobody has ever accused me of being smart enough to have any wisdom, so I think they're just old gray hairs. Okay, you can present well if you have the uh, if you have the gray. Oh, look how wise. Somebody actually. Look how wise. I made a comment on Twitter, and somebody actually said, "Why don't you go? Why don't you go dye your beard hair?" And then they deleted it very quickly. I was would like, oh, that? that was a would good you one. Do that? No. Good. Stop. Don't. Age gracefully, man. Yeah, I'm not going to do Let that. it go. It Let never it go looks ahead. good. It always looks unnatural. I'm with you. And my you hair can... is very dark, so it'll look really bad. And it's really obvious. It'll look the like guy, Wayne Newton. The guy, ooh. Okay, you know what? He does look good. But it's pretty obvious the guy's a dip. You can tell right away. It's yeah. like, oh, totally dip. Looks like, looks like spray paint. <laughs> totally dip. <laughs> anyway. We should talk about hockey. We should. Um, do we have a sound effect? And now I don't. I'm not big on you know waka waka. Hey, AM talk radio sound effects. Waka waka. I really don't like that. But this one really. But you is, needed this one. I really need this one for some reason. <laughs> Listen, I was up till two thirty doing a podcast last night. Got up at six o'clock to go to uh, breakfast television with Sid six zero. So I'm a little punchy and a little tired. Mm, haven't had enough caffeine. I'm gonna apologize in advance if this show is no good. You may just have to come in. Sure. I mean, I'm here. I'm not. But. So because of that, I'm just going to call like the the traditional AM radio audible. Do we have a blender sound? We got a blender sound. All right. That's the sound of Jim Montgomery. Oh, boy. That's the sound of Jim Montgomery to his lineup tonight as it's uh, game three, the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. Check this out, by the way. Patrice Bergeron. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How injured does he have to be? I played through a punctured lung. Like, I mean, at that point, crack ribs, like he's, I think, and I don't say this lightly, like he's got to be like, has a toe in the, in the dirt. I don't know at man. this point for him not to play one in the grave, one on a banana peel. That's how do you keep that guy out of the lineup? Okay. So here are the lines this morning for Boston. Write these down. <laughs> Marshan coil Frederick. What? That's a, do you know what though? I don't want to play against that line. No, it's a nasty line to play against. You're right. Uh, Taylor Hall, Pavel Zaka, David Pasternak. Okay. Bertuzzi, Krejci, DeBrusque. Wow. Those are your those are your top three lines. That is something. All mixed up. But what it does underscore is no Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, and they need, I mean, I didn't think that the lines were the issue last game. I thought turning the puck over 15 times was a problem. Which might have been a byproduct of the lines and no chemistry and sure. wasn't working out. And you need to change things up. If but no chemistry. Montgomery. Look what you just did. You made a real concoction here. Like something that may blow up, yeah. scientifically speaking. So, 
Four games tonight. Carolina Hurricanes face off against the Islanders. Watch that one on Sportsnet 1. The Bruins and Panthers just talked about that. CBC, Ontario, East and Pacific at 730. Uh, Stars and Wild, 930 Eastern at Sportsnet 1. And Oilers and Kings, CBC and Sportsnet. That one gets underway at 10 o'clock Eastern. Meanwhile, so I spent the morning with Sid Sixero and... That was fun. The Stanley Cup. Which Which was more impressive? Actually, you know what? Sid looked good today on TV. He had a suit on. I know it's it. He doesn't dress himself though. So when we you're in that. when you're in our industry and you're wearing a suit for something like that, you're either going to court or a job interview. But he was hosting PT. <laughs> so I spent the morning with the Stanley Cup and Mike Bolt, who was the keeper of the cup today, it was either usually Phil Pritchard or, or Mike Bolt. Bolt, he's a great guy. And we were just talking stories about the Stanley Cup, and uh, I'm not gonna say who the player's name was, but I want to give you I want to give you a scenario here. Mm-hmm. You're a you're an American Hockey League player. Yep. Okay. You don't think that you're ever going to make it to the NHL, ever. Okay. Okay. You're at a friend's Stanley Cup party. Again, you're still a pro player. You're playing in the American League. You don't believe you're ever going to get the call up to the National Hockey League. Okay. Do you drink champagne out of the cup? Because this unnamed player did. And I'm sure other players have too, but. Would you do that? Yes. I'm not confident enough in my abilities to get to the <laughs> NHL. Like if, okay, so here's the scenario. Like if I'm coming off of an AHL season where I have like 30 goals, yeah. 60 points, because that's a lot in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Then I got a legit shot. If I have three goals and 11 assists in 70 games, yeah. guess what? I'm drinking out of the cup because I'm probably not getting a call. I think that I think you have to play out yeah. either scenario. In my case, I would be the guy with three goals and 11 assists. So how'd you get three goals? That, that's also a great question. Based on the way I played men's league last night, mm. that would be tough. Um, so no, you I, would. I would drink out of it. You would. Yeah. Okay. I know that's... the, I know there was a poll question that was going around and I think, you know what? The people that said, no, I think they were lying. I wonder if you made it anonymous, if they would, because like the, when you're asking someone face to face, Oh no, it's the integrity of the cup yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And history and tradition and blather, blather. I used to be, I always used to be the guy that said, if I ever saw the Stanley Cup in person, like as like a 20, whatever, 24 year old in this business, I was already in this business that I would still never even touch it. Now, now I'm just like, now I'm just like, no, if I get a chance to lift the cup and something, I'm doing it. Have you never like been beside the Stanley Cup? You never had a picture beside the, you've never been in the the real one. Come on. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. No, see, clearly not even good enough to stand beside it, let alone pick it up. Yeah. Never. Not the real one. Been in this business a long time, Jeff. And you've never? Nope. There's some pink, pink paper over there for you. It's not my fault. Nobody trusts me with it. Now accepting <laughs> applications, producer of this hockey show, Monday to Friday. I, done, I knew I should have done BT this morning. Wow. Okay, so um, so that's good. Coming up on the program today, Elliot Friedman's going to stop by in a couple of moments. We'll ask him. Elliot's a tra- tradition guy, so he's probably going to say no, he wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. Uh, Keith Jones coming up from the NHL on TNT. What a week for Jonesy. Oh man. Right. They got him going everywhere. Rangers, Devils, Islanders, Hurricanes, Bruins, Panthers. Yeah. He went Swiss army knife broadcaster. He went went Rangers, Devils. Yeah. Then he did radio for Bruins, Panthers. Yep. Then he did Rangers, Devils last night and he's doing Islanders, Hurricanes today and Sunday. Keith Jones, baby. Love him.
Uh, Derek Lalone's going to stop by as well. Detroit Red Wings head coach and um, analyst for Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL on Sportsnet. Very he's, good. It's been excellent. Very good. He's really, really good. Do you see like, when he caught himself saying we last night when yeah, talking about it? And funny. then they got a good chuckle. I get it. I understand. It's funny. I, uh, I, I, I get that one. But, uh, yeah, he's been real good. So looking forward to talking to him. Uh, we'll get into uh, all the games, specifically from last night as well. Um, some really rough Hockey last night, some really highly Love skilled it. hockey. What was the final number? Hang on, I wrote this down. You see that um, Vegas Winnipeg? We're st- standing by for free chair, by the way. He's going to be joining us in a moment. Uh, Winnipeg Vegas game. Mm-hmm. You know how many hits were in that game? No, I didn't see the final tally. 137. Oh, boy. Uh, that's Seven, not a game I want to play. Well, 73 by Winnipeg, 64 by Vegas. <laughs> yes. Finally, actual playoff hockey is back. Dude. Where there's some hatred. Well, what did I say to you? Like, look how many fights we've had in the first round. It's been, it's been, it's been a while since we've seen a first round like this. And those are a couple of really doozies too. Tanner Janot and Luke Shen. That was good. Those guys with soon as, punches. As soon from, as Shenner got that left hand free. Yeah, Ooh. and then McLeod and Schneider, which you told me to watch. That one was uh, wow. Every, you know what? Like, it's the first round though, man. Like everything is for keeps. Every shift yeah. is for keeps. Every shot is for keeps. Every Punches for keeps, every slashes for keeps. But this is different this year, though. We say we, that every year. No, no, no. La, no, last year we didn't see this many fights. There's no way. Every year there's a couple of fights in the first round. A couple, round. but there's three in the the one was. You know what? The last time the Leafs had three fights in a playoff game mm. was like in the Norse Division. Which oh as, come on, which was as Joe Bowen pointed out was a period in the old Norse Division in the playoffs. But that Norris division, you can make the playoffs with 60 points. I know. 65, you'd, you'd win the division. <laughs> they were not very good. But I just, I think that, yeah. I think that there has been more of an emphasis on toughness that we haven't seen with playoff teams. That is true. In the past. Uh, in this era of hockey, there is now more so than there has been. Maybe just call it the salary cap era. More of an emphasis on uh, toughness. Brian Burke, if you're listening, cover your ears because we know all about your 2007 Anaheim Ducks and where they put the premium as well. Uh, okay, Keith Jones coming up, bottom of the hour. Derek Lalone as well. In the meantime, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joins me now. Hello, Frege. You know, 12-10, I thought maybe I was getting the day off. Eh, you know, Maddie and I had to go on and on about the Stanley Cup. Well, you know, here, here we go. So this is the, the, the one thing that I've been asking people today. And yeah. Matt, Matty fessed up and said that he would. So, if first of all, if I told you that in the history of the Stanley Cup, there was a player, unnamed, who, while he played in the American Hockey League, at a Stanley Cup party, drank champagne out of the Stanley Cup. First of all, would you be horrified? Would you shrug it off? And thirdly, if you were that player, would you do that? Uh, I wouldn't be horrified because... I really don't like to place a lot of judgment on things that other people do. I don't like people telling me what to do, Jeff. So I don't like to tell other people what to do. So I would not be horrified, mm-hmm. but I personally would not do it. Like they brought the Stanley cup in before. I won't even touch it. You won't even I, I touch won't. it. No, no. Why? I, cause I just think you got to win it. Oh, come on, man. Really? I can understand. I can even understand I will lifting go it up. life without touching the Stanley Cup. <laughs> You're not going to lay there one day going like, ah, you know what? I just wish I would have been able to feel some of the engraved actually, names. Just run my fingers actually, over I got to say, it. when I was a kid, I did it. But now in my ah. more 
my more respectable adult life that well, I kind of have a greater appreciation. Uh, you've already, I would not do you've it. You've already broken the seal, Elliot. Now you might as well just, you know, parade it around the house. Like, <laughs> come on. You know, show it off in the backyard at barbecues. Um, you know, it, it, it is interesting. But before we get into the game, I just want to ask you about the cup itself because – I was at BT this morning with Sid Sixero, and right away, and you've seen this phenomenon as well, whether it's at um, uh, at like uh, Hockey Day in Canada events, like there's a mystique around the trophy. Like there's a mystique around the Stanley yeah. Cup. And the minute that we finished our segment, you know, pretty much everybody from the floor um, came over to get a selfie with the Stanley Cup, take a picture of themselves with the Stanley Cup, thumbs up, chumming up with the cup, all of that kind of stuff. Like there is, there is a magnet <laughs> There's a there's a people magnet, as I like to call it, attached to the Stanley Cup. Um, mm-hmm. when, why do you think that still endures to this day? And do you think that it is exclusive to the Stanley Cup, maybe unlike other sporting trophies? Uh, I, you know, you meant you sent me a note this morning that you were going to talk about this. So yeah, <laughs> I've thought about it a little bit. <laughs> Excuse me. I think there are a couple of reasons for it. Number one, it's the biggest one. Like if you take a look at it the at, at, at the World Series trophy or the NBA trophy uh, or uh, you know bat, uh, uh, football's trophy, they're not as like they're like they're not built like that. I think that has a lot to do with it. And the Stanley Cup is older, so it's been around longer. And you know the other thing too is one of the best parts of the year on hockey television is after the cup is won, you know, the presentation and everybody's skating a lap with it. Like that, that doesn't happen in the other sports. Like nobody runs around the court with it or nobody takes a lap around an NFL field (laughs) uh, with it. I think the great cup is, is is similar in the fact that it looks different than the other trophies but I think the unique look of it mm-hmm. and the way it's celebrated with um, is, is pretty amazing. Like when Golden State won the NBA title last year, Andrew Wiggins brought the NBA trophy to uh, Toronto. And there was a great video of him, uh, I think, at a school somewhere around Toronto. And they were running around the park with the trophy. And a lot of kids really liked it. Like it was a really nice video. Mm-hmm. And I think... Is there like I think if there was more of that kind of thing for those other trophies, they might gain in the mystique. But the unique look of the cup and those, I really do think the laps around the ice and the the fact that people eat Fruit Loops out of it or champagne out of it, mm. I I think th- there's a history of being able to do things with the Stanley Cup that you don't have with the other trophies, and I think that adds to the mystique to it. You know, I love the presentation of it. I like the way, uh, you know, I like what the Hall of Fame does with it, how they, uh, you know, we, we see the, there's there's the classic shot, oh, the cup is in the building. How many times have we heard that? How many times have you said that on a broadcast, the Stanley Cup is in the building, and, you know, we we watch, the, uh, the, the, uh, we watch it come out of the case and the white gloves of Phil Pritchard, and, like, just the, the way that it's presented, like, I look back at, at old video and watch how the Stanley Cup was handed out, and you know, I always kind of sideways snicker. You know, the the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup, um, it was a, and how should we say this diplomatic, diplomatically, a well-refreshed Clarence Campbell 
trying to stammer out a few words on the microphone before he handed it over uh, to George Armstrong. Nothing like a um, a, a a buckled NHL president handing o- handing over the trophy, but nonetheless, there it was in '67. I just love the way that the NHL has has chosen to present this trophy. Like yeah, it's it's really it's really become a thing that they can hang their hat on, because previously you just sort of wheel it out, put it on a table. Guys used to just approach it and then skate away. I think it might have been Ted Lindsay who pushed it around the ice on the mm-hmm. table once upon a time. That might have been the genesis of them picking it up and, and going for the lap. I just think the presentation is great. Anyway, I just want to get your thoughts. And, and you know, and you know what? Also, Jeff, like uh, I should also mention too, the day with the cop in the summer, mm-hmm. where it sort of keeps the cop in the news. Like that's a good um, point. You know, we've seen it. Like I can't remember who it was. Took a beautiful picture with it on, like on a mountain in, in BC or something like that. Yeah, I think like in the summer, everybody gets to celebrate with it, and you see a lot of those unique photos and videos. Yeah, I think that's something that really helps with the uh, mystique of it too. Okay, so one of these 16 teams is going to have that experience. 15 will go home and say, try it all again next season. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get to last night if, 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 if time allows because there was some really interesting action last night, but I got to start by talking about the Boston Bruins and yes. what's happening there, whether it's Patrice Bergeron, uh, whether it's lines in a blender, whether it's all-mark game time decision. Uh, here we are three games in, the series is split and we're having like, questions about the president's trophy champions here, Elliot, your thoughts on what's happening with Boston right now. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, first of all, I, I remember when the season ended, I, I, I was asking around to people, is there any way like teams can always lose? Like there's yeah. the margin, the margins of this league are so close. Yeah. But, you know, I believe, obviously, some wins are bigger ups. I always like to say there's no upsets in the NHL because the teams are too close. But I, I do think if Boston lost early, it would be it would be an upset based on the year they had. Yeah. But, the, but the number one thing uh, people said about them is, and it's not exactly a scientific reason, Jeff, is that people were saying, like, these guys face no adversity all year. And, like, can you ever have a year where you don't get something? Mm. And, and so, you know, like, um, you know, the stories come out about why Bergeron played game 82 in Montreal about yep. his father and his father's health. And, and he, he wanted to play. And it's just really unfortunate that something happened in that game that's knocked him out. Now today, Jim Montgomery says no in Florida for games three and four, yep. but likely game five. So that's good news. Um, you know, this whole thing with the flu bug, I, re- I remember uh, when Vancouver law- beat St. Louis. They were this is about 20 years ago. They were down three to one. The Canucks were, and Scott Mellonby's kids got the flu, and then he got it, and it, it went around and it decimated the team. Like that happens, and Vancouver took advantage, and they came back and won. And it would it would really be something if this played a major factor in in Boston getting into trouble, but. You know, I just think the Bruins are, are too mature and, and too calm to have, you know, big problems with this. And uh, I think they're going to be okay. But there's no question that a generally perfect year is being challenged at the absolute uh, wrong time. I, I, I think the one thing that's really interesting is, is the blender, the, the uh, Vegematic that Montgomery <laughs> is going to. Uh, Zaka moved yeah. down, Coyle moved up. Yep. Um, you know, I, 
uh, a Clifton going or a Grizzlick going in. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this all works. And like the, the Florida team, like they played really well. They they played well enough to win both games. And as long as Alex Lyon continues to hold, like you can see the confidence growing in the Panthers in that one. You sure can, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight uh, when the puck hits the ice for Game Three. This is uh, this is all of a sudden turned into a really fascinating series. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Toronto Tampa has been a fascinating series. Uh, both both games have been beatings, um, but you know, uh, one for Tampa, one for Toronto. And you know, last night was the proverbial game that Toronto had to have. And it was convincing to a player. You know, Mitch Marner was probably the best player on the ice. John Tavares with the hat trick. Morgan Riley with the four-point night. Uh, Samsonov uh, looked much better than he did uh, on on Tuesday. Um, and as for Tampa, man, without Hedman, it's a different team, Elliot. I know John Cooper tried to downplay it, but yeah. without Hedman, this is a different Tampa Bay Lightning team. You know, I, I think the thing about that with what Cooper's saying is that he, and, and coaches do this kind of thing, it, it's his way of saying, look, I don't want you guys saying we lost because, you know, we didn't have headmen, so it was all different. Sure. He wants those players to feel responsible. So that's a, a that I, I understand why Cooper is saying that. Like, you know, I said it last night, and I think a lot of people in, uh, in, 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 in uh, Leaf Nation felt the same way. There was there was no excuse to lose that game last night. None. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of their three best defensemen were down. They were there was uh, the, like that blue line was not a championship caliber blue line, and they had to crush them, and they did. And uh, if you don't win that game, and you don't win that game convincingly, then you're you're not you know I mean you, you cast real doubts on on who and what you are and. You know, Marner was Toronto's MVP uh, all year. He was their best player from game one to 82. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was fitting that he's the one who came out early and, and, and set the tone. I, you know, like, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. Um, you know, uh, it, as you've heard me say a couple of days now, it's, it's my theory that the, the reason for the number of games and the bunting suspension is they have injury information on Cernak. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with Hedman. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's the same thing as last year, a blowout in game one, a, uh, a counter punch in game two. And, uh, and here we are and the emotional roller coaster is like something you'd ride at Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Like it's up and down and it's all over the place. You know, the, the, the one player that I was thinking of this morning on my way in, I was thinking a lot about, uh, about Tampa and their and their situation. And, um, as much as they missed Hedman. And like, that's like, Hedman's a hall of famer. Like, of course you're going to yeah. miss Victor. Hedman. But the, the other guy that they really, really miss and who would, would, would just take so much of the pressure off right now, because they're asking, like, they're asking a lot of circuit chef here. They're yeah. asking a lot. The guy that I think about is Ryan McDonough. Uh, you're right. That's the guy, you know, cause you always wonder, you know, what's the moment where it's the one trade too many because of the salary cap. Maybe it's McDonough. Again, there's a lot of hockey still to be played. But did that not look like a night where if they had McDonough, they would have been able to clean up their own zone a little better? Uh, 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 Jeff, I completely with you. I, I, this is where the loss, they really, and 
Like you can get by the regular season without what McDonough brought you because that's just the way it is. But this twenty eight games in the playoffs without him, yeah, this was always going to be the big challenge. You're not one of your terrible takes. You're completely right about that. Okay, let's see if I can come up with some terrible ones. Um, so last by the way, I, I was I was kind of surprised you were on today. I wondered if like Nick Nurse coverage was going to like well, blow up your show today so what's what's happening right now is as we speak the nick nurse coverage continues in toronto but uh for, ah. uh, for calgary and vancouver they get uh, the dulcet tones of someone that was up till 2 30 in the morning uh with you mm-hmm. last night and then had to go to bt at 6 a.m so i'm, I'm going on fumes and caffeine uh and we're still well, on 360 sec. that's your fault anybody <laughs> who would willingly get out of bed it was the for cop. breakfast with with Sid Sixero deserves no, everything they get. But it, listen, the cup was there too, so it wasn't just Sid. And I got a chance to see Mike Bolt, and I love Bolt. He's wonderful yeah, he's guy, a great so guy. I love yeah. Bolt. So it's that that one's a, that one's a, a layup for me. So, um, what did you make of Winnipeg Vegas? And is the big story yeah. coming out of this one that one of the best two way players in the game looks really good and really healthy, Mark Stone? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I thought. Again, even in the first period, I think they had two even strength shots in the first period and none for the first 13 minutes. Yeah. And I was and I was thinking, like, when is Vegas going to get out of the quicksand? And uh, I thought right away at the beginning of the second, Stone had two really good chances, and he started to go, and the and the Vegas offense went with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, as as we all know, when the crazy Mark Stone goal celebrations uh, be- <laughs> return, then. Vegas is rolling. Uh, I love those. I love those. It's like, uh, it's like he's both happy and angry at the same time, because like there's this intensity to Mark Stone that very you know, that that has very few peers, but then there's also a jubilation when he scores, and it's beautiful to watch when those two things collide. There's the, there's the mm-hmm. euphoria, and there's that intense anger that he still plays with on a consistent basis. I think it's a thing of beauty. I guess I was mentioning on the too. podcast. It's one of my favorite things to watch. Um, Dallas, Minnesota tonight. Let's get to, to, to tonight's action here before we uh, before yeah. we wrap up. Um, Dallas, Minnesota. What do you look for in this one? So it looks like it's going to be the goalie change again um, yeah. for the Minnesota Wild. Joel Erickson Eck, I believe, is a game time decision. As is Ryan That's Hartman. That's incredible to me. I, that I, is incredible. To I don't me. know what type of holy water he's bathed in, but if Joel Erickson Eck can make it to the game tonight, holy smokes! Um, your thoughts on this one? Uh, all tied up at once. The venue changes to the Excel Energy Center in Minnesota. Well, you know, in the in the last week of the of the the, the last week of the show, hockey night, uh, the last Saturday, Brian Spear producing asked me to do some stuff on injuries. So we talked about Landis Cog, and at the time, yep. we were able to confirm he wasn't going to play for the rest of the regular season. And now, now we know he's not going to play at all. Um, we uh, we talked about. Uh, you know, and that, you know, it didn't look as bad and that turned out to be the case. But the one that people talked about the most was Erickson Eck. They said like, there were people who thought he had like a broken fibula and they're like, there's no way he's going to play. And now we're talking about a game time decision for, for game three. Like that's, Mm. that's absolutely incredible. Really. I mean, I'm astonished by it, but I'm happy for him because you want to play. Yeah. Um, you know, that series has turned into a real war of words. You know, uh, Avison has now accused the, the stars of diving. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, I, I'm curious about Boldy. I, I, I wonder if he gets some t- more time with Kaprizov. Um, you know, Dallas was really, 
You know, the one thing that, uh, and this was always a big Don Cherry thing is, don't wake up your opponent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you watch that Pavelski uh, injury, and again, I, I agree with the way it was handled. Um, I, I, and you watch, the, like Dallas, they should have won game one, and they blew them out in game two. You know, I, I just wonder if that, like, I, I wonder if that's just going to push them to another gear. Like, I, I, I think Minnesota has to play a certain way, and Dallas can play that way, but I think Dallas has another gear offensively, and they kind of reached it. Mm-hmm. I, I, so we'll see if that continues. The other one thing, like, I think it's going to be wild with Ryan Suter there tonight. Because oh, obviously yeah. He, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, was, he was the guy in Minnesota when he signed there. He left under really tough circumstances. Um, you know, they, they basically made a decision saying, this is not going to work with you anymore. So that already, that already puts you into the villain role. But the way he's just been manhandling Kaprizov in the first two games of the series, those fans are going to be all over him tonight. Mm-hmm. It'll it, Listen, it'll be great to watch. Uh, that That's going to be a fun one. Let me ask you about um, the Hurricanes and the Islanders. And I was having a, a text conversation with someone who um, was, was selling me on the idea that the Islanders have done a lot physically to the Carolina Hurricanes, and listen, no Tara Vinen, he's he's out after the, the J.G. Peugeot slash, um, and, and reference one of my favorite boxing sayings from the great Teddy Atlas. He said, the Islanders have put a lot of water in the basement for the Carolina Hurricanes, and that was Teddy Atlas's, you know, uh, uh, expression for body shots, that body shots are like water in the basement of a house, Eventually, it just keeps on adding and adding, and then the whole house crumbles. He said the Islanders have done a lot physically to the Carolina Hurricanes by way of beating them up that it's water in the basement time for game three. Do you buy it? Like, maybe to some degree, but 2 nothing down to Carolina, that's a lot to come back from. It is. But we keep talking about attrition. I, I, we talking about attrition I, I, too, and had, no Tara Vine. And now you add that to the list. That's had a lot of water in the basement issues. Not in this house, but in the previous <laughs> one. And there's a difference between water in the basement and a full-on flood. Yep. We'll see where we're at with uh, with these squads today. Quick thought on uh, Oilers Kings game three venue shifts in Los Angeles. Well, I think the Kings have to start scoring earlier. Uh, you can't be down 2 nothing every game and expect to win. Um, you know, I, I think for the most part, I think for the most part, the Oilers have controlled the series. Mm-hmm. I just think, I think Corpus has been really good. Um, uh, I think that they, I think the Kings have a certain way they play, which is a good, like they're patient and they stick to their system. I just think they got to break the zero earlier in games. They can't keep waiting till mid to late second period to get going offensively. Right. Okay, so uh, that one's 10 o'clock Eastern on CBC and Sportsnet. Um, Coming up at the bottom of the hour here, uh, Keith Jones will stop by. Derek Lalonde coming up at the top of the hour. um, And when he's done coaching, he's going to take everybody's job in hockey television. That has become apparent. Uh, He's really good. Uh, Elliot, thanks. Uh, Enjoy your afternoon. And we will uh, very much look forward to four big games tonight. All right, my man. Speak to you later. Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada.